There's only three types of income subject to taxes. Earned, passive, and portfolio income. Make sure your retirement income is not one of these. Up next. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio with New York Times bestselling author and your host, Doug Andrews. This is Doug Andrew speaking to you, our incredible national audience, from our three-dimensional wealth studios nestled at the base of the majestic Rocky Mountains. This show is about empowering you, people, and organizations that want to optimize their assets, minimize taxes, and empower their authentic wealth. Well, folks, uh, you may be aware, if you've listened to this show uh, very much, that I've been a financial strategist and retirement planning specialist now for five decades. 50 years uh, helping thousands of people uh, optimize their assets and minimize taxes and empower what I call their authentic wealth. But uh, most people come to me to prepare for a retirement where they will not outlive their money. And so I've been sort of a specialist in uh, helping people uh, become immune during their golden years from the negative impact of taxes, inflation, and market volatility. Those are the three big dangers that cause most retirees to outlive their money. And uh, I feel very honored and blessed. Um, if you would have told me, you know, 50 years ago that I was going to author 12 best-selling books, I wouldn't have believed you. And uh, I've still got several books in me. But I am so grateful for the receptivity of uh, the 12 books that that, uh, we have released thus far. And uh, one of them has been flying off of our warehouse shelves. And if you stay with me, I'm going to show you how you can seize the opportunity to claim a free copy. I'll even pay for the shipping. It's a 300-page book that will teach you how to diversify and create the foundation for a tax-free retirement. Now, in the course of my five decades, uh, I've trained a lot of financial advisors, um, well north of 5,000 of the nation's top advisors. I am currently mentoring about 1,000, and uh, I have taught advanced continuing education to CPAs and tax attorneys. And when they come, um, a lot of times I have to go back to, you know, Taxes 101 And uh, sometimes they think, well, golly, I thought this was advanced continuing education. And then they end up learning about uh, how to accumulate access and transfer your money totally income tax free under three sections of the Internal Revenue Code that have been around in one form or another now for 108 years. And they sit there with their mouths open. But uh, sometimes I like to just simplify to them uh, what they sometimes make more complex than it needed to be for their clients. And so uh, ever since 1986, Tax Reform Act, okay? Now, who was president of the United States in 1986? That was Ronald Reagan. It was his second term, and it took until his second term to pass uh, what became known as the 1986 Tax Reform Act. Now, uh, in a nutshell, President Reagan, uh, as a Republican, did not believe that any American should pay more than uh, about, you know, a a third of their income in income taxes to the federal government. 
And uh, prior to the 1986 Tax Reform Act, uh, there were like six, uh, I think, different tiers. And the top one at that time was 70%. Clear back uh, because of World War II, uh, federal taxes got as high as 94% for the multimillionaires back then. Uh, but uh, the, the more you make, the more they take was the phrase. And so what Reagan did is he uh, took all of the uh, tax rates and combined them down into just, just two, okay, a 15% and a, um, a uh, 28% federal tax rate back in 1986. And uh, for those... Uh, Americans who had uh, high incomes, uh, he had this little 33% bubble that uh, you would pay 33% until you had made up for the first, you know, 45,000 or whatever the threshold was that you were paying 15% because it's a tiered system. But he didn't want anybody in America to pay more than 28% in federal tax. And so that was the highest federal bracket. And then he realized that most uh, states had state income tax, and uh, some states uh, don't have any. I mean, there's nine that, that don't have a state income tax. They get you other ways. But then there's other states like California. Uh, they, they, their taxes top out, I think, right now, somewhere in that 13% range. And uh, other states, they do away with some of the deductions. Uh, Utah, for example, had a 7% uh, state rate, but then they did away with the deductions and simplified it, and you just pay 5% on pretty much your, your gross. And so uh, Reagan realized that if you added 5 on the average as a state income tax rate on top of 28, that's a third, that's 33%. So he did not believe that it was really even patriotic uh, that people should be required to pay more than a third of their income in taxes between federal and state. And so that's why he introduced this 1986 Tax Reform Act. Now, uh, from that point until, you know, the, the Clinton years and so forth, uh, we had uh, six tiers reintroduced again, and the highest tax rate went up to 39.6%, and, and they did away with deductions, what have you. Even when President Reagan passed that law, they did away with a lot of the deductions. So the actual effective uh, tax rate for the average American went from like 13% up to uh, 19%. Uh, that's what the effective tax was that most Americans paid. The marginal rate is what you pay on the last dollars you earn. And there's always these thresholds. And, and that, again, topped out at 28%. Well, folks, there's something that was passed in 1986 tax reform that a lot of um, Americans are still not aware of, or they don't understand the impact. It was at that point that uh, taxable income on your 1040 tax return, uh, the taxable income was derived from one of three categories. And these are the only three types of income subject to income tax on your 1040 tax return. Earned income, passive income, and portfolio income. Okay. Now, earned income would be like your salaries or wages. That's a no-brainer. You pay tax on that and FICA, uh, Social Security and Medicare. Uh, you have passive income, and that would be like rental income if you have rental uh, real estate or you're leasing or renting equipment or whatever. So that's called passive income, and that's subject to income tax, but not the FICA and, and Medicare if, if it's done right. And then you have portfolio income, 
And that's what you earn on your investments, uh, usually in the form of interest or dividends, let's say. So uh, that's the three types of income subject to income tax. Now, what a lot of CPAs forget is that it's really this simple. If you have income during your golden years, during retirement, that does not fall under one of those three umbrellas. It is not deemed earned, passive, or portfolio income. Uh, There's nowhere on a 1040 tax return to put it. Uh, Therefore, it is tax-free. It is not a tax loophole. Uh, It's income. If you have uh, money coming in, which is income, okay, and it's not earned income, passive income, or portfolio income, And see, most Americans have their money in, you know, tax-deferred IRAs and 401ks, and that falls under, uh, if if you're living off of the interest and dividends or whatever, that comes under the portfolio income. But when you have a qualified plan and you've been deferring and uh, you contributed with after-tax dollars like IRAs and 401ks, uh, you agree to pay tax on the back end when you go to use the money. And so that's a a, a qualified plan, a traditional one. And that's where 91% of Americans choose to save their money because they think they're going to be in a lower tax bracket when they retire. Now, the smart people who are savers, they realize that with irresponsible government spending the printing of money and most Americans kill most of their tax deductions through their earning years, they pay off their mortgage, the kids are gone uh, during retirement, or if they move back in, you can't deduct them anymore. If they were business owners and they sold their business, you don't have those deductions anymore. You're not contributing money to IRAs and 401ks anymore. So most Americans now have eliminated the, the main tax deductions. And even if they have less income in retirement, they are in as high or higher tax bracket as they were during their earning years. And this is a shock to most people. But the savvy people who understood that, they realized that a Roth was better. And that's why Roths were introduced. And uh, I'll talk about that if I get a chance in future segments here. But uh, my favorite financial vehicle is a properly structured, maximum funded, indexed universal life insurance contract, where if you uh, diversify and rebalance, you can move your average rate of return from around um, 8 or 9% historically up to 10 and 11%. And you can earn 11 and net 10 after all costs and fees. And I would rather earn 11 and net 10 than have to earn 15 or 16% in a tax-deferred IRA or 401k in a 33% bracket to net 10 because I, I'm taking unnecessary risk. But this is one of the few vehicles in the Internal Revenue Code, Section 72E, 7702, and 101A, that totally is tax-free. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. understand the difference between an asset and a liability and what out of debt can mean. Welcome back. This is Doug Andrew at Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. If you're just joining us uh, in the previous segment, I was talking uh, about uh, the 1986 Tax Reform Act, which still applies today. Uh, That was passed during Reagan's second term. And uh, ever since 1986, there's only three types of income that Americans uh, pay income tax on. Uh, Earned income, that's salaries and wages. Passive income, uh, that's rental income or lease income. And then portfolio income would be like um, interest or dividends. Uh, 
If you have income, especially during your golden years, your retirement, that does not fall under one of those three definitions, there's nowhere on a 1040 tax return to put it. It is tax-free. It is really that simple, okay? And so, uh, this is where uh, my favorite financial vehicle as a financial strategist and retirement planning specialist now for five decades. Uh, it is uh, totally tax-free for several reasons. It's a sacred tax-free cash cow, in fact, in the Internal Revenue Code for 108 years, protected under three sections of the code, 72E, 7702, and 101A. But if you just want to cut to the chase... Uh, it's because the income you take out of uh, one of these, and I, I call it a laser fund if it's structured correctly, because laser is an acronym that stands for liquid assets, safely earning returns. But if it's structured correctly and funded properly, uh, it knocks the socks off of a tax-deferred IRA or 401k, where you're going to pay taxes through the nose at the time in life where you can afford to pay taxes the least. But if you haven't noticed, the government always uh, loves to go uh, and collect tax from the people who have the money. And who has the money? The people who saved it for their retirement. And this is what causes most retirees to outlive their money. And so I was talking about uh, that in the first segment, but I want to segue into uh, connecting some dots here. As I teach uh, audiences throughout the country, and many of you know I have a YouTube channel, uh, we are very, very grateful uh, because of the receptivity of that YouTube channel. I have over 1,100 uh, educational videos, and we have uh, over 113,000 subscribers. And I appreciate those people who come on because uh, they want to learn. Uh, it's not just some kind of an entertainment video. The, these are people who stay on and watch to learn. So my watch time uh, is much longer than a lot of other, you know, YouTubers, according to uh, the YouTube uh, algorithms and so forth. So I'm very grateful uh, for the opportunity to help you gain insights into opportunities that maybe you didn't know existed before. So here's another favorite, and it's understanding the difference between an asset and a liability and what out of debt means. And you'll see why uh, this is so significant as I continue with the other two segments in this show. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I've helped a lot of people who um, come wanting to um, save money and uh, they want to get out of debt. Now, there are strivers and there's arrivers and there's thrivers in the world. Okay. Uh, strivers are those uh, people in America who, you know, pay interest, uh, they borrow to consume. And it doesn't matter uh, how much they may commit uh, to, okay, I'm going to start saving money. I'm going to cut up my credit cards. I'm going to act my wage, as you know, Dave Ramsey would say. And, and yet, uh, the next RV boat show, uh, they take their equity line of credit and they buy a depreciating asset, uh, you know, a, a boat or a jet ski or whatever. And they constantly borrow to consume. This is a danger and they pay interest. Now, there's a lot of people that sort of quip. Well, there's two kinds of people in the world, those who pay interest and those who earn interest. Well, actually, that's cute, uh, but there's a third kind of person. These are the mega wealthy thrivers who learn uh, when it's wise to pay interest to make more interest. Uh, they understand the difference between good debt and bad debt. That when you borrow money, you should borrow money to conserve and increase your net worth, not consume. 
okay, and by depreciating assets. And so, you know, strivers pay interest, arrivers uh, earn interest, but the mega wealthy thrivers learn when it's wise to, to pay interest to make uh, more interest. So let me explain this uh, to you because many times uh, people, when they want to get out of debt, uh, they have in their mind, uh, the best way is to hurry and uh, let's uh, follow, you know, Dave Ramsey's solution or Susie Orman's or David Box. You know, you've seen all these advisors on CNBC or whatever. And uh, they have their formulas where, okay, let's let's take your highest interest uh, credit card and let's uh, pay that off first. And then let's take the payments you were paying against that and go to your next highest interest. And then the next credit card, next credit card, and then your, your automobile loan. And then let's apply that to your mortgage. And so they have this sophisticated software. Well, folks, this is not rocket science. It's not that sophisticated, but nonetheless, uh, they have this path where you uh, start to get out of debt. But the problem I see is that uh, they're all trying to apply this to where you ultimately can be out of debt and you actually can have your house paid off, let's say in um, uh, 12 and a half years or 15 years or 20 years instead of the 30 years. Now that's good, but I've had a ditty for years that goes good, better, best, never let it rest and never let it rest till good gets better and better gets best. That's a good way to go, but it's a far cry from the best way to go, okay? And so uh, you have to understand the difference between preferred interest and non-preferred interest. Let's say you had a couple, uh, let's use two couples, in fact, that both make 72000 If one has $12,000 of, of non-preferred interest, uh, it's, it's credit card debt, uh, they can't deduct the interest, uh, then they only have $60,000 uh, left over, you know, before taxes, but uh, they have to pay taxes on the full 72000 but see, uh, if somebody has a 12000 of deductible interest, uh, then they can deduct that off. And, and that couple only has to pay taxes on 60000 not 72000 That's That's $12,000 in difference in taxable income in a 33% tax bracket. Uh, that is $4,000 of otherwise payable tax. This is real money. And so stay with me here because... Uh, uh, Getting out of debt the quickest, smartest way is not any way, shape, or form sending extra principal payments to the mortgage company, okay? And uh, a lot of people go, what? Now, I, I can prove this because I have uh, done numerous studies and I have written several books about this proving this and math does not lie. But if you were to follow uh, this, these sophisticated software uh, systems and you take a couple that has a bunch of credit card debt and automobile loans and, and you pay off the highest interest one and then the next and then the next and the car loan and, and then you apply all that against your mortgage, they'll tell you, look, you have your mortgage paid off in 12 and a half years and now you sock away all that money you used to put uh, against those uh, payments and put it into uh, an IRA or 401k and you'll end up with $987,000 at the end of that 30-year period. Well, yeah, that's good. But they're shocked uh, when they see my method, okay? Instead of sending that money to the mortgage company, I realize that if I borrow money on my house at 6% uh, interest, and it's tax deductible because I do it right under Section 163 of the code, uh, in a 33% bracket, it's not costing me 6%. 
Uh, I get to write off on, on a million dollar mortgage, by the way, that, that would be 60 grand. I write that off and uh, it's a, a net cost of, of 40,000 or 4% because I get $20,000 back in real money tax savings. So 6% is a net of four. On my favorite vehicle, the laser fund, I'm accumulating money to compounding tax-free at eight to 10%. Let's just say eight. How much more is eight than four? Don't say four. It's 100% more. On every million dollars, I, I'm making 80 grand on compound interest. I'm paying 40,000. Would you hire an employee for 40 grand that made you an extra 80 grand? Would you buy a widget machine for 40 grand that made you an extra 80 grand? By not giving it to the mortgage company, by keeping it in a liquid safe side fund, a laser fund, I have enough money in 10.2 years, 2.3 years sooner to pay off my 30-year mortgage. I get out of debt faster, and then if I sucked away the difference, I would end up with a million two hundred forty-five thousand. But people ask me, Doug, what do you do? When I have enough money to pay off my mortgage, I am out of debt on my balance sheet. My assets exceed my liabilities. Anytime with an electronic funds transfer, a phone call, I can pay off my mortgage. But I keep earning a rate of return, a double, 100% more than the cost of the funds. I end up with a million eight hundred grand. This is the best way to get out of debt. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. 